immediately delivers quality candidates from our resume database when you upgrade your job post. It's that simple. Receive a $75 sponsored job credit on your first post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Police in Chicago have found a man who'd been calling the airport home. WBBM-TV's Chris Ty has his story. His flight from Los Angeles arrived at O'Hare October 19th. Unlike every other passenger, 36-year-old Aditya Singh never left the airport. 88 nights sleeping, eating, and living undetected in Terminal 2. Provided food by passengers. His stay ended this weekend when two United employees flagged authorities. He was found wearing an airport security badge that authorities say went missing from another employee in late October. It's unclear what level clearance that badge would have afforded him or whether he ever accessed employee-only security areas. The Tiger King is counting on a presidential pardon. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Joe Exotic. A member of his legal team tells a British paper they're so confident the Netflix star will be sprung today, they've positioned a limo and a glam squad near his prison in Texas. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. With the new president, so much is happening in Washington. Now, millions are turning to Newsmax TV, your trusted news source. They're going online to Newsmax.com for breaking news and downloading the free Newsmax app on their smartphones. Newsmax TV is on all major cable systems. If you don't get Newsmax, call your cable operator or watch it free on Roku, YouTube, Apple TV, Zumo, Pluto, and smart TVs like Samsung and LG. Newsmax is real news for real people. Start watching today. Ready to create your own income with your own home-based business where there's no such thing as getting laid off? If a billionaire entrepreneur spent five years and $20 million searching for the next big trend, wouldn't you want to know what he found? If you're serious about making money from home without having to leave home, then write this down. www.goherenext.com You decide your income. Get the facts now. Goherenext.com In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of... or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Sometimes the best time to prune trees is when they're dormant or with no leaves on them. For ISA certified arborists, it helps them see what branches may need to be pruned or removed. Dormant season pruning can also help lessen problems associated with insects and diseases and help create structurally stronger trees that can better handle heavy wet snows or ice buildup. Contact an ISA certified arborist to get the best professional advice on keeping your trees healthy and safe. Go to treesforohio.org. That's trees, the number four, ohio.org. Since 1972, Dan and Mill Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it's dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Dan and Mill Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Dan and Mill Electric, 740...
the Athens City Commission on Disabilities is calling all artists in the greater Athens community to submit designs for a new Athena Award. The award is presented each year to recognize those who provide outstanding service on behalf of persons with disabilities. The commission will accept designs now through January 31st, 2021 to the Mayor's Office, 8 East Washington Street. A panel from our art community will review submissions and choose a design. The selected artists will be announced soon after and will receive a stipend of $1,800 for the design and produce six physical awards, the first to be presented November 2021. For details on the awards, vision, and requirements, email Disabilities Commission at ci.athens.oh.us. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Well, that sunshine is trying to beam in there and... Uh, think it's going to get successful sooner or later. Kind of a challenge driving up to Columbus last evening. There's constant snow flurries blowing right into your, uh, into your face. But on the way back, it was nothing. Saw a couple people swirling around on the ice a little bit. Nothing. But uh, everybody seems to make it out all right. So anyway, good morning. Um, Scott's here. Let me see. Let me get this mic at three, I guess. Uh, good morning. Good morning. There you Hello. are. Hello. 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 Yeah. We do that sometimes. Well, more than sometimes. Well, particularly during... Um, our turf. Yeah. Or when yeah. Dave, Dave walks in to the studio to begin party line, we exchange a hello. Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Good morning. Hello. Hello. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Remember that box? What was that box? It had a... It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. That, those hand figures? I don't know what it was. It was something. Yeah. It's all right. Well, whose act was that? I don't know. It was... Uh, I... I just remember we used to draw faces on our fingers, on yeah, our yeah, thumb yeah. and index finger. Exactly. We open it up, go hello. All right. Well, good morning, <laughs> folks. Welcome, and uh, let's see here. So much to talk about today. Really, we are just. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I guess. Um, well, let's do the inauguration thing first. We're still trying to sort out uh, what we're going to do here tomorrow. But uh, at the very worst, or least, I think, I don't know what that means, uh, we're going to be airing from um, probably 11 in the morning until 1 
in the afternoon. Um, a long form coverage of the inauguration. Um, there's an entertainment chunk later in the day, and I don't think we'll do that. We're different um, musicians and artists and entertainers from all over the nation come in to um, support the event. But uh, many of our CBS anchors are going to be there, and um, I'm talking about the inauguration itself. And it is, of course, due to occur at noon. As the 46th president. But this is the 59th presidential inaugural. That's right. Many of them have had double terms, right? Yes. I scratched my head at that for a moment, and then I go, oh, yeah, that's why. Yep. With President uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, the only one having three terms. Actually, four. He didn't make it very long in the fourth. Let's see. How about some facts? Okay, before you do that, I found out who that Zorite was. It really? was, yeah, Senor, Senor Moreno. He was a Spanish was ventriloquist. It, was that on uh, Ed Sullivan? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. In, in the 1950s and 60s, he lived to be 103 years old. Well, I wonder if we could find some audio clips of that. That would be fun to That would be to. funny, yeah. A ventriloquist and a comedian. All right, well, let's work on that. <laughs> well, back to the inauguration. Uh, ten fascinating facts about presidential inaugurations. This is an article I might add was written four years ago, but I found it, and it's still true. Um, so, uh, remember this was written about the last inauguration, or at the time of it. So uh, it starts out, Donald Trump becomes the 45th president of the United States today, shortly after 12 p.m. on Friday. Here is a look at some facts about the inaugural event and all in the all-important oath of office. Trump will take the oath using two Bibles. One Bible belonged to Abraham Lincoln, while the other is a personal childhood Bible. George Washington started that tradition of using a Bible in 1789. Now let's look at some other traditions here. Washington's first inauguration required some improvisation. Washington, uh, we're talking about George Washington now. He arrived in New York City on April 30th, 1789, with much fanfare. And then a large crowd gathered in what turned out to be a parade. When Washington arrived at Federal Hall, 
someone realized they forgot the Bible and obtained one from a nearby Masonic Lodge. Washington also started the, the concept of an, an, an inaugural address tradition. Uh, next point. Inaugurations were first held on March 4th, on March 4. After Washington's first inauguration, March 4, became the official day for the start of the new administration. It was then the 20th Amendment that moved the day to January 20th, closer to the start of a new Congress. They go on to say not all inaugurations were held on January 20th or March 4th. In those if those days fell on a Sunday, the public ceremony fell on the next day, while the new or returning president took office privately on Sunday. William Henry Harrison probably uh, was not probably killed by his inauguration. One of the biggest stories in inauguration history was that President Harrison died in 1841 because he gave a long inaugural address in cold weather and became sick. Harrison died about 30 days after his inauguration. He became sick three weeks after the inauguration, leading some to now believe another illness, possibly typhoid fever or something like that, killed the new president. Um, I have forgotten all about that. Who's from Ohio, wasn't he? Yes. Next one, the president is required to recite a specific oath under the Constitution. Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution spells out the presidential oath, which is, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. We don't really know who added the under God to the oath. Author Washington Irving claimed that George Washington started the tradition of adding, So help me God at the oath's end, but there is no direct evidence of that. Others believe Chester Allen Arthur used the words when he took the oath after James Garfield had died. Well, taking that a bit further, Hoover was the last president to not say under God after his oath. In modern times, every president since Herbert Hoover has added, so help me God, at the oath's end. 
Newsreel footage from 1929 shows Chief Justice William Howard Taft reading the oath to Hoover, who simply says, I do, at the end. John Quincy Adams did not take his oath on a Bible. Adams used a law book instead that contained the Constitution. Incidentally, the vice president takes a different oath. The vice president takes his or her oath before the president and is a bit longer. In fact, I think it goes like this. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will... Um, well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter, so help me God. Interesting that it's so much longer. The Chief Justice usually administers the inaugural oath with a few exceptions. After Washington's inauguration, the Chief Justice of the United States has, has read the oath at public inauguration ceremonies. The exceptions have occurred after the death of a president when there is an urgent need for the new president to continue the office. The last person to administer the oath who was not the Chief Justice was Federal Judge Sarah T. Hughes, she did so in 1963, immediately after President Kennedy's death or assassination. She did so aboard that plane, right? So just a few, I hope you felt, fascinating facts about the presidential inauguration. Um, once again, uh, it is my belief that we're going to air a two-hour inaugural segment tomorrow from uh, 11 in the morning until 1. Um, there's also an entertainment thing later in the day where different Entertainers come together to celebrate the, um, the, the new presidency. Uh, I, I'm not sure we're going to carry that, but we'll discuss that later in the day. All right. Let's see, what should I go to next? Well, I guess let's do covid Okay. Has anyone ever said to you just quietly or privately, I get so tired of that, my my report, 
daily report? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't recall. Folks, I don't want to... <clears throat> this report is meant to be factual. Informative, yes. It is not meant to be alarming. It is not meant to uh, belittle the situation. Or dismiss the importance yeah. of it. It's just facts. So, um, and I tell you what, it, it's I use about seven different sources to pull this stuff together. And once in a while, I'll find a little difference between the sources. Let's, uh, let's start with local. Here in Athens, yesterday we had 18 new cases. You know, I mean, we've been in the 40s, 50s, 30s. But the last two days, just 18 new, uh, 14 two days ago and 18 yesterday. That seems promising if we can keep it up. But the total cases since this all began, um, 3,654 in Athens County. Now, 3,071 have already been through it and recovered. And, of course, we've had nine deaths. Now, that means that presently we have 574 active cases. Again, this is Athens County. 145 of which are in the hospital. Now, th this figure is getting better each day, getting better in the sense of the accuracy. Um, but it's all I've got to work with right now. But I think a week from now, it'll be far more accurate. Thus far in Athens County, 1,843 people have been vaccinated. Now remember, it's, um, I think it's today that the new College of Medicine building there on West Union Street is going to be um, um, used for mass vaccinations. In this initial week, they're concentrating on those people who are 80 or older. And if all plans follow what they say they're going to be, next week, that same facility will be used for those between 75 and 80. The following week, or the week of February 1st, I guess it would be, for those like myself who are between 70 and 75. 
and then they have plans for each step after that. And the word is that they have uh, set it up really good. And it can uh, accommodate a lot of people. And depending on which vaccine you get, you know, you have to go back for a second one either on the third week after or the fourth week after. I don't think Athens County has received any of the single doses yet okay <clears throat> there's four different ones out there soon to be five yeah you, you know when you asked me a few minutes ago do i get comments about covid i i do hear from people that thank you and me you and i for updating folks on health concerns vaccination okay. schedules uh information like that, keeping people posted uh, on things of this nature, too. So Now, let's take that nice. a step further. Um, initially, it was a little hard to find, but eventually, probably most of you have found this link on the um, Athens County Health Department's website. Yes where you can go and place a person's name, their birth date. Seems like they're, oh, probably their cell phone. I think there's three pieces of information. And then you are officially on a list. Now, as I understand it, you can still go to a um, the various drugstores in our region. So that would be CVS, Walmart, Shrivers, Kroger's. Kroger's. I thought oh. I said Kroger. Nope, you said Walmart. Oh, I don't think Walmart's on that list. Actually. I don't know. I think Kroger's is on the list. Yeah. I'm not sure about Walmart. No, they they were not. Hopewell is also on there. And, and of course, the building um, you just mentioned on West Union Street. Yeah, that's 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 going to be the big one. Just like in Columbus, the Schottenstein. I thought, did anyone ever think about get your shot at the shot? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't until this morning, yeah, and I've, then I started laughing. Yeah, I've actually seen that on mm -hmm. on uh, TV a couple times. Okay. And you know, comments people made. Am I going to get my shot at the shot? Yeah, catch, catchy, you know. It's kind of like you wear... When I was growing up, I get it. there was a, a department store called Schottensteins. Boy, that sun's suddenly bright. Yes, it is. Nice, but hard on the eyes in where I'm sitting. Um, that uh, the Schottenstein family, I knew many of them. Um... It was kind of, um, I, don't, I don't know how to put it, but over the years, the quality of their goods that they offered rose. 
I think it uh, when I was youngest and first remember them, it was not a store. It was not a store that my parents would have gone to. But uh, certainly they changed their image over the years. And um, and they had multiple stores then later on, multiple locations. And, of course, they, uh, Ohio State's huge athletic, uh, primarily basketball facility, but also it's a concert venue and all sorts of things, now known as the Schottenstein Center. Yeah, they have... Uh... A lot of entertainment in there. Some conventions have been in there as well. Mm-hmm. Job fairs, etc., things like that. Well, let's um, let's get back on track here. This it's all my fault. Um, well, but this this talk about Ohio. What were you going to? I say, was going to say uh, information about the form uh, for the COVID vaccine. Of course, first name, last name, date of birth, phone number. Uh, they want the phone type as well where to call you whether it's a mobile or a landline yeah email address and zip code okay so very simple information yeah go to the county health department website click on quick links um if you do that and nothing more you will receive some sort of notification from the county i think they're calling but if actually if there is an interest in moving along a little faster or something like that. You can speak to any of these pharmacies. And then the, uh, there's also a suggestion that you, you should um, make the health department known that you are on this list, but you have received the vaccine from another source. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, there's multiple places you can call, as uh, Dave mentioned there, pharmacies in Athens County. All right, let's move on. Um, State of Ohio. As of yesterday, we've had 831,066 cases. Now, that's 4,312 new cases yesterday. But as I look back for the week before, you know, the cases were 7,600, 7,100, 7,000, um, 8,000. Um, so once again, it appears that at least as of yesterday, things appear to be a little bit better. Now, it's trends they watch, not just single days. But this could be the beginning of a good trend. Same was true in our county. So statewide, 4312 new cases yesterday. Now, of that 800,000, how many are active cases? 146,994. 6,371 people are in an ICU setting. 36,980 are in regular hospital rooms. And 93,000 
362 are recovering at home. Now, once again, we've had 831,000 cases since this all began in the state of Ohio. 684,000 of those cases are recovered. Vaccinations. Again, this is a little trickier, but I believe... I believe I have an error in my report. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, as of yesterday, I'm sorry, two days ago, because I I prepare all this around 2 o'clock each day. So what I'm reading you is from 2 o'clock yesterday. But two days ago, we had had 321,000 506 vaccinated in the state. And the reason I say to my most recent figures in error is it says 44,524. So obviously it didn't go backwards. I just mispasted something. Deaths. Yesterday, 10,281 in the state of Ohio. And um, I guess that um, that's really all we need to say about that today on the COVID report. So I'll set that back there. Um... What is Quark? Quark. Q-U-A-R-K. I feel like I'm at the National Spelling Bee right there after that. (laughs) It is a kind of like a cross. It's a dairy product. Cross between uh, cottage cheese and yogurt. And it's made by... No way. Yep. It's much higher in protein, lower in fat, lower in sugar than cottage cheese do they sell yogurt. it yes is that like the market you can get it at uh, like health food stores and you can get it uh, i think maybe kroger's could have it in their health food section uh there as you go in yeah right right in the opening area um just on the opposite side of the vegetables there um uh, health, you know, places like I'm guessing the pharmacy may have it. With uh, a name health like food that, stores like that. Who would eat it? Quirky, huh? <laughs> I just think that's a terrible name for something that you're supposed to eat. Quirky. Yeah, I guess it's. I've never had it, but I guess it's pretty good. Uh, it's made by. The reason this is um, even being talked about is today has only two national list days. It's World Quark Day <laughs> and National Popcorn Day. So there's one mm. one that, um, you know, I found uh, recently these chips made out of popcorn. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh they're awesome. <laughs> that was an approval huff. 
I mean, um, for those of you wondering what that sound effect so was, you know how the hulls get stuck in your teeth. And oh everything. yeah, that's why I like the hullless popcorn. Oh, I've not discovered that. Oh, it's good. Hullless well, anyway, th- these are like they look like uh, what do you call it? Um, triangular chips, like Doritos. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Except they're made out of popcorn. Really. Have to. And they also have some of the flavors that I like, such as kettle corn, mm-hmm. as what? well as regular, you know, salt and butter. Sure. Movie theater popcorn. Yeah. That's uh, something I may have to track down. Yeah. Find out those are. National Popcorn Day and World Quirk Day. I yeah. Think, I think the quirk, I'll. Uh, you, you, you might like that quirk. Know. I don't know. Yeah, just knock them all. Throw them all. Yeah. I have a okay. celebration in here of something of Cork Day and Popcorn <laughs> Day. Hey, it's Popcorn Day. <laughs> We're throwing papers. Um, <laughs> now we can't I, find I, I've anything. I've got another report <laughs> entitled, uh, Oha- well, first of all, um, Did I print the right thing? Yes, I did. Here it is. I just printed that twice. Yeah, flip that one too. Add it to the pile. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) the best and worst states to drive in. You know, everybody hates being stuck in traffic, right? Yeah. It makes you late. It causes as many people's tempers to flare up, but it's also quite bad for your wallet. In fact, congestion costs U.S. drivers... An estimated $88 billion in 2019, as well as an average of 99, um, 99 hours of their time. The U.S. also has five out of the world's 25 worst cities for traffic. Well, that's interesting. So there's 20... Of the 25 that are not in the U.S. Anyway, going on. In 19 of the worst 25 in North America. Well, due to COVID-19, though, 2020's traffic congestion numbers are likely to be lower overall. As of October last year, cumulative travel on roads in 2020 was over 380 billion vehicles miles fewer than the same period the year before. That's a reduction of 13.9%. Congestion is not the only concern on the road, though. People want to know that they will be driving on safe, well-maintained roads before heading out. The U.S. has a fairly good track record in these regards, but certainly doesn't top the list. For example, the World Economics Forum only places U.S. at rank 17 out of 141 when it comes to road quality. That's amazing. Yeah. I surely thought we had among the best. Well, anyway, going on. Road conditions naturally aren't consistent across the entire country. To identify the states with the most positive driving experiences, 
Uh, we've compared all 50 states across 31 key indicators to uh, of a positive commute. Our data set ranges from average gas prices to rush hour traffic congestion to road quality. Okay, so here we go. Well, where do you think, um, just guessing, we have no reason to whatever, know with any certainty. Well, what do you think the best state for driving would be? Uh, Arizona. They come dead in the middle, 25th. <laughs> okay. Wyoming. 24th. Oh, my. Hawaii. Dead last. You're kidding me. No, sir. Wow. Well, I have 47 more guesses, I guess. I forgot what my question was. <laughs> Where you think the best state is for driving. Oh, okay. What is Texas, folks? <laughs> There's a lot of open road in Texas. Um, now, they, they look at this. There's um, three or four main categories plus <laughs> 20 or so minor categories that they look at. Cost of ownership and maintenance. Texas is 16th. Access to vehicles and maintenance. Texas is second. Traffic and infrastructure. Texas is 33rd. And safety, they're 18th. Then there's some other things. But Texas ended up number one overall. Number two. Indiana. Three, North Carolina. Four, Iowa. Five, Tennessee. Six, Kentucky. Seven, Maine. Eight, Idaho, South Dakota. And number ten? O-H. I-O. Ohio ranked tenth out of 50 in terms of quality roads. I think that's cool. Yeah, it is cool, especially since uh, we've added a $0.10 per gallon tax on gasoline now for road maintenance and highway maintenance in Ohio. Last uh, July 1st, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so good good to see those uh, funds out there in in, uh, improving roadways. In the Buckeye State. <clears throat> Even though we don't like higher gas prices. But. Well, let's see here. So what made Ohio 10th? This <coughs> um, is with U.S. traffic congestion costing U.S. drivers $88 billion in 2019. But uh, driving reduced in 2020 due to COVID. Um, let's see, I've read all this before. To determine the most driver-friendly states in the U.S., WalletHub compared the 50 states across 31 key metrics. 
the data set ranges from average gas prices to rush hour traffic congestion to road quality, yada, yada, yada. Okay. In Ohio, we rank 30th in what they call share of rush hour traffic congestion. We rank 13th in what they call traffic fatality rate. 15th in car theft rate. 7th in auto repair shops per capita. 13th in average gas prices. 14th in auto maintenance costs. 14th in road quality. And the last one, 6th in car dealerships per capita. So, we're the 10th overall in the nation. I think that's okay. Yeah. Usually... On a lot of those reports, um, the state of Ohio, <clears throat> excuse me, falls in the, about the middle yeah. of every category. And this time we're in the upper third. Uh, let's see here. Lowest uh, percentage of rush hour traffic congestion. Highest percentage. Um, Columbus congestion is awful at times. I know you've had the pleasure of I'm getting into that congestion a few mm. times, going to and from the airport. But I places. Uh, well, the James and others. Yep. Um, but I can tell you, I think it used to be worse. <laughs> yes. As a kid, I can remember being stuck in traffic a lot. Yeah, I can remember that, too, as a Youngster. Everybody's in such a hurry there, too, seems like. Okay, not everybody. <laughs> that sound there was another addition to the celebratory pile. On the floor. On the floor of Popcorn Day and Quark Day. We continue to celebrate. Well, we have about nine minutes remaining. Uh, let's, let's do the history sheets, okay? Okay. I just thought of another thing, too, about what I get comments about when you asked me earlier about the comments about COVID. I get more comments about people liking the Art Turf show than I do COVID. For real. <laughs> Well, just so I don't mess this up any further. <laughs> well, that that wasn't a suggestive no, remark. No, I'm taking it. Uh, um, I just happened to look up there and see that. Yeah, let's just get him out of the way right oh, now. Oh, get him out of the way. Are you okay. kidding me? I-N-E-P-G-N-F-T-E-C-K. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Talking with Coach Art Turf about last weekend's game with Double Dakota Tech and a 39-4 loss on the bright side. 
coach. You did score as many points as you had in the previous five games. That's right. We got us four points in the ball game. We actually had the lead in that ball game. Don't you feel those points were a little bit tainted the way you got them, though? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, well, you know what they say. This is why I like to go back to what they say. They say a lot of things, and uh, one of the things they say is all's fair in love, war, and football, and this is football. And, you know, uh, we put this in the same category as what we had to do the last time we had a road game back at Seashore State. You know, they wanted us to play with a football that, that we weren't used to playing with, so we made the boys over at DDT play a foot, with a football that they didn't like playing with, and we just used that to our advantage. They must have adjusted pretty well after those first uh, couple of series because they were able to put 39 points on the board. Well, you know, even though uh, Coach Robinson, uh, Coach Roach Robinson and his boys, Coach Roach, they call him, is, is, has a new program to deal with, and they're still working the bugs out of their program. They, I will say for his boys that they adjusted to, to, to their uh, problem better than we adjusted to the problem we had over at Seashore State, and you're right, they did uh, go in to score 39 points on our defense. Now, their quarterback, a uh, young man by the name of Spider or something other, I think. Was he? Steven, uh, Spider Steven. Yeah, he's got a real talent. He's not but a freshman over there, but uh, he's a real tall, gangly boy with long arms. Likes to fling that pass in what they call their web offense, where they send out a whole bunch of wide receivers on on the same play, and and uh, that's how they work their ball uh, game is with their passing game. And I'll be back with Coach Turf and more on the DDT game right after we pause for this message. And it is uh, brought to you by Larry's Doghouse. Well, Coach Turk, I guess offensively you were pretty well satisfied with the outcome Saturday night, but... Uh, well, no, uh, you know, uh, offensively we didn't score no points. It was our defense that scored all of our points. I'm real disappointed in our offense. And you gave up 39 points to the opposition. That's right. You know, that was a little bit of my fault. You know, we'd gone into the ball game uh, thinking that they was going to run their web offense the whole time. Uh, you know, that's where they send all them wide receivers out, and, and the quarterback, Spider Stevens, spots whichever one's in the open, and we neglected to, to double cover his favorite wide receiver, a fellow named uh, Freeman, Fly Freeman. You know, uh, he, he ran this famous fly pattern of his. I don't know how many times in that ball game they completed it several times for touchdowns, and, and that's how they ran their spot on the fly offense and got all them touchdowns. So you weren't really prepared for that part of their offensive attack? Well, I wouldn't say that. They just uh, caught us napping. Well, Coach, how did you come out of the ball game in the injury department? Well, the boys come out over fine. They didn't uh, have no injuries at all. I don't know when they got injured in the ball game was me. You know, after after uh, they completed that first fly pattern, I went over and kicked the equipment bag, and I didn't know there were shoulder pads in there, and now I got a broke ankle. Listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of MX Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. Right, let me do that again. There. <laughs> Speaking of sports. Your sports leaders in Athens County, 970 WATH and WXTQ Power 105. The flagship station of your Ohio Bobcats and the home of the Athens County Game of the Week. And on 970 WATH, tune in for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, and all season long, Athens, Bulldog, Football, Basketball, and Baseball. Monday through Friday, tune in to the sports fans starting at 6.06 and stay up to date with local sports. Follow us on Twitter at WATHWXTQ Sports. Thank you, Connor. All right, um, let's see here. We've got some stuff here. Theodosius. 
We're talking about the year 379. On this date, Theodosius installed as co-emperor of the Eastern Roman Empire. 1812, in the Peninsular War, after 10 days siege, Arthur Wellesley, the first Duke of Wellington, orders British soldiers of the Light in 3rd Divisions to storm Ciudad Rodrigo. 1833, the first electric lighting system employed... Uh, which was employing overhead wires built by Thomas Edison, begins service at Roselle, New Jersey. 1966, on this date, Indira Gandhi elected India's 45th, I'm sorry, 4th, (laughs) 4th Prime Minister. All right, well, let's see here. Some famous folks, Scott. Here we go. Edward Edgar Allan Poe. This one, I think we don't need to really look up. Uh, that one's pretty well known to us. Yep. Uh, he was born on this date in 1809, died in 1849. Only made it to 40 years of age. Janis Joplin. When I was a young person, I thought uh, much of her music was really remarkable. Uh, She was born on this date in 1943, died in 1970. James Watt. James Watt was an inventor, Scottish inventor, mechanical engineer, and chemist who improved on the Thomas... Newcomen's 1712 steam engine with his Watt steam engine. Trains. Now, give me a year in there somewhere. Uh, 1712, but that was somebody else, right? Yeah, that was, uh, he he built his steam engine in 1776. Okay, that makes more sense now. Yeah. Because he was born in 1736. On this date, died in 1819. And 1712 was when uh, the first engine was built. Robert E. Lee. How about that? Yep, Confederate general. Born on this date in 1807, died in 1870. Let's see what famous birthdays we've got here. Oh, Hedy Lamar. Yeah, she's pretty good. Born on this date, no, no, born in 1914, but died on this date in 2000. And Stan Musial, baseball. Stan the man. 1920, his birth. He died on this date in 2013. Of the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, okay, we can set that in our wonderful pile there. (laughs) Um... You know, I'm very worried about this inauguration thing, the security, the safety, the whole thing. I think a lot of people are. A little paranoia um, going on. I can't understand people behaving the way they have. This is a country. We can elect people, and then 
in the following election they can be ousted or repeated. Continue on. It's our American system. And, um, well, I'm just worried about tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WPTH Evans. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A day before he's sworn in as president, the Senate begins considering some of Joe Biden's staffing choices. Correspondent Mijia Jang is at the White House. Today, Senate confirmation hearings will start for five of his cabinet picks to lead the Departments of State, Treasury, Defense, and Homeland Security, along with the Director of National Intelligence. The president-elect has chosen Pennsylvania's top health official to be Assistant Secretary of Health, CBS's Wendy Gillette. Good afternoon. Pennsylvania's Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine has been the public face of the fight against the coronavirus in the state. President-elect Joe Biden wants her to have a seat on a larger stage, serving as Assistant Secretary for Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. She would be the first openly transgender Senate-confirmed federal official. Washington, D.C. is getting ready for tomorrow's swearing-in festivities. CBS News has learned the FBI is keeping an eye on paramilitary and extremist groups that may have trained for an insurrection. Correspondent Cammie McCormick says the acting attorney general is speaking out. Jeffrey Rosen said every level of law enforcement is working to ensure a safe inauguration. As Americans, we all should seek to have a safe and peaceful inauguration day. He also said the number of tips the feds have received after the attack on the Capitol indicates most Americans were opposed to the violence. Over the past two weeks, we have seen friends, family members, co-workers, and others reporting information to us about those who were involved in the breach of the Capitol on January 6th. He said the FBI has received nearly 200,000 digital tips from the public. President Trump is expected to spend some of his last day in office handing down as many as 100 pardons and commutations. CBS has been Tracy. President Trump insists he has the power to pardon himself. That would be a controversial move and an admission of guilt that could anger Senate Republicans who are jurors in his impeachment trial. A family in suburban Philadelphia didn't get the message about large family 